Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Fantasy Dating Radio. I'm your host, Suzanne Casamento, the creator of FantasyDatingGame.com and the author of Dare to Date. And I'm so excited because I have two awesome guests with me tonight, Emily and Scott McKay. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hello. How's it going? Hi. Thank you for having us here. (laughs) Thanks for coming on. It's going pretty well. How are you guys? Well, we're doing pretty well. We're having beautiful weather this time of year down here in Santone. So, uh, awesome. yeah, we're enjoying life. Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, so I'm totally excited to talk to you guys um, on so many levels. I listened to some of your uh, – or some episodes of The Chick Whisperer today, which is uh, Scott's podcast, which is pretty awesome. And um, maybe we should just start with uh, you having sharing with the audience some some details about who you guys are and how you got started. And well, um, I was born at a very young age. That's a joke. <laughs> very small joke. Very small joke. Um, I think in terms of how Emily and I got started, I had worked a long time on being the best man I could be to. Uh, get the greatest woman possible and dated lots of very wonderful women. And when this one walked through the door, I hop that infamous Saturday morning, I knew I was in trouble in the best way possible. And he must've done something right. He got my attention. Yeah. And kept it. Awesome. <laughs> for 11, did you get her? Almost 11 years you. now. <laughs> I could say the same for you. You're right. Yeah. Now we adore each other. So, we have the kind of relationship people actually think we have, which is you know very transparent. I love that. That's great. So how did you get her attention? Well, I wrote her on Match.com, and she had the most interesting profile because she had 11 pictures of herself, and none of them looked like the same woman. But they were all adorable. <laughs> so I just couldn't handle it. I had to know what this woman was like in real life. The, the anticipation was just crushing me. And she walks through the door, and she looks like all 11 of these women rolled up into one, which was so fascinating to me. So I, I wrote her an email on Match.com, which is where we originally met. And she didn't write much in her profile. She just had all these pictures of, her stuff, of herself doing interesting things. And I said, you know, for someone who looks like she'd be a lot of fun to hang out with, you sure don't say much. And I took that as a challenge. Like, oh, really? <laughs> I'll show you. And I loved his profile. He was like, wow. You know, I didn't notice him until he wrote me. Loved what he wrote. And like, that's the type of guy I'm looking for. So I, I did. I took the time, and I most certainly wrote a very long uh, email responding to everything that he had in his profile. So literally, I got her attention that way. I said, oh, now I have her attention. That's exactly what I thought. So this, is, this is sweet. I got her. Got her attention. 
And and your story is like a how-to and what to do when you're online dating. Post pictures of yourself doing interesting, fun things. Uh, <laughs> have engaging, ask engaging questions in the profile so that that will elicit an amazing long email. Um, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and remember, we've been we've been immersed in online dating coaching now for 11 years. So imagine how dangerous we would be these days if we were single. My goodness, we would just destroy Tinder. We'd crush. <laughs> it would just be. <laughs> Yeah, back then it was just, you know, Match and Yahoo and, and just a couple of sites. But now with all the different uh, d- devices and apps and all this wonderful technology, my goodness. Heck, if I just had had Facebook and Twitter in oh, 2005, right. my goodness, my, I would have been floating in femininity. We didn't even have that, did we now? No, no, not at all. And a passport. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. So um, one of the things that got me really, really interested about you guys and, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to have you on the show is that uh, your, one of your major themes is to deserve what you want. And at first when I read it, I was sort of like, huh? And then, you know, it took me a second. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I've actually been kind of on my own personal journey to – to become the healthiest, best me. So, of course, this is ringing out to me like, oh, my gosh, you know, I have to talk to these guys and find out exactly um, what inspired, inspired that, the whole idea of, of deserving what you want. Well, what inspired that whole idea was just something I noticed, which was it seems like a lot of people who have relationships end on them not so well we're very selfish. They just automatically assume that I get whatever I want from this other person. And what really resonated with me when I decided that I was going to do better with women than I had in the past was, you know, McKay, you're going to have to become the kind of man women actually want. So if I want a woman, I have to be the guy she's going to in return desire. And that makes it so much easier. But I think a lot of people just try to kind of ham-fist their way through relationships. You know, you see these uh, god-awful videos. You know, here's three simple words you whisper in any man's ear that will make him drop everything and only want to be with you. Falling in love with you. Never <laughs> looking at another woman than you. It's like three simple words. I mean, what do these people take us for? You know, I mean, it's like, what, free beer tonight? Or those are the three simple words? I don't know what it is, but, I mean, it's not going to be three simple words. So I actually looked up, you know, like anybody smart would do. I looked up in quotes on Google the phrase, deserve what you want. You know, there was one entry. Oh, my gosh. Back in 2005, there was one entry. And see, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, this is the most generic name ever. You know, I've, like, got the creativity of a styrofoam cup, you know. So I'm thinking, okay, well, this will get shot down. And I, I look, and it was one of Warren Buffett's surrogates, like his, you know, vice chairman said something about deserving what you want, and just passing in like a, you know, 2,000-word speech to a college campus or something. And that was the only thing ever. And indeed, when I came out with that, and indeed, it's, it's also the um, URL of our website now. It's our strap line. It's our, our battle cry. That's what my website right. is to call it. You know, it's revolutionary to think like that. Like, you know, you mean I got to get my own house in order and be attractive? Like, oh, God. You know, like, why would I want to do that? Well, because then you start really being pleased with who you attract. 
because you're going to be yes. the best version of your authentic self. And then I, hey, I guarantee, just like Joe Namath guaranteed Super Bowl three, much to my chagrin being from Baltimore, just like that happened, I can guarantee you will like the people you're attracted to if you deserve what you want. That's right. And a yes. lot of people think that, I, you know, being yourself is all you need to do. You know, just be yourself and people will like you and guys will be attracted to you or the women will be attracted to you. And, but the question is, what if yourself isn't great? You know, there's a lot of women out there who are man-haters. They mistreat men, and if you don't like it, leave. You know, otherwise put up with my, with my crap and be happy with it because you get to have my attention. Or you got men who misuse women, and women have to tolerate it. You know, if you want to be my present, put up with it. And none of us want to put up with somebody like that. So when someone who has a bad attitude or is lacking character or something to the nature of that's repelling the opposite sex, that's when we have to take a look at ourselves and go, what do I need to fix internally that makes me a better person? Not that we have to be fake, but can I be a better person? Right. I mean, you know, a lot of guys come to me and they say, you know, what if my, you know, what if, if, uh, you know, being myself isn't working? Well, that doesn't mean that you're completely worthless. It means, you know, look at what's going on. Look at your attitudes. Look at your limiting beliefs. Like guys will come to me and go, well, I can't get any women to go out with me. Well, how many of you asked out? None. You know, you know that's right. like step one. Second of all, if you see a pattern repeating itself, like you're not getting past the first dates and you're not really getting a whole lot of input, then you've got to figure out what it is that you need to adjust to be the best version of your authentic self. Yes. I want to scream amen and hallelujah. Um- <laughs> <laughs> Should I pass the plate around now? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I just think that, you know, so many people are, are, are not necessarily aware. They're not aware of, um, I mean, simple things, negativity or, or um, uh, like you just mentioned, all the limiting beliefs, the, the, the stories they tell themselves. Uh, that I'm not good enough or no one's going to love me or I'm not pretty enough or I'm not this, I'm not that, you know, all of those things, you know, when you, you when you believe those things or, or, or those, it, unless you fix all that stuff, then you're going to attract people um, who, who are not healthy and are not happy and are not, you know, um, are, are not who you want. So, <laughs> but uh I just I just think that a lot of people don't don't really get that. So I I love that you're coaching that way. Fantastic. Well, you bring up a great so point. You, a you bring up a great. Oh, okay. Um, well, I mean, we coach people one on one, and we coach them in a group setting also, and uh, we get a lot of people who are really very sharp, uh, intelligent, successful, socially astute professional types who have quite a bit going for them already. They just want to go from good to great. They don't quite have this whole idea of, of how to have the right relationship with someone else figured out. Um, kind of to continue on our last conversation a little bit, is kind of dovetails nicely. Um, a lot of people have the, their own self together, but they're making bad choices. See, part of deserving you want deserving what you want kind of reminds me of an email I got probably seven or eight years now. And the guy said, yeah, you know, my grandmother was what you call a big four person. You know, she was confident and very feminine and had wonderful character. 
and made you feel safe and comfortable and all these wonderful things. And she married a man who beat her within an inch of her life for the last, you know, you know, for the last 50 years of her life. So, you know, so much for your deserving what you want. Well, wait a minute. Deserving what you want has two parts. Deserving what you want means being the person that the person you want is going to be attracted to. And it also means choosing the right person. Right. Having high standards and, and, you know, living up to those standards. In other words, if the guy I'm dating or interested in doesn't meet those standards, it means deserving what you want in terms, I'm not going to settle for less. I'm going to go ahead and move on to something better and not settling for anything other than the best because I deserve the best. I've worked hard on myself and I want somebody who's worked just as diligently to be a great, wonderful, upstanding, best person they can be. For example, someone can be very optimistic and be very generous. Those are wonderful traits that portend a terrific readiness for long-term relationship. But they're also two traits that narcissistic predators just look for. Because, see, if you're Mm. optimistic and generous, and I want to manipulate you and take you for everything – then all I have to do is say, well, that wasn't good enough. I want more. And someone who's optimistic and generous will always say, oh, well, you know, yes, I need to give you more because, you know, you're, maybe you're going through a rough patch, and I'm sure you'll be nicer to me after I figure this out and do the right thing for you, and I'll get this right. And Then all the narcissistic manipulator has to do is go, well, no, that still wasn't good enough. Sorry. I'll try a little bit harder. Exactly. And then the next thing you know, the person's painted into a corner, and it's just serving them, and it's one-sided. And you can be in that kind of abusive relationship if you're optimistic and generous. But does that make it bad to be optimistic and generous? No, you just chose someone who took advantage of that instead of complementing it with their own generosity and their own optimism. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's being the person and then choose, and then making the right decisions. Um, oh, I love that. Um <laughs> It's so simple yet so complex because it really means also breaking bad habits and and uh, and unlearning the things that you know were taught early on and I mean it can be rather complicated but um, but that's why that's why there there are coaches like you awesome coaches like you to help people figure it out um, yeah oh these are great things so what are the some of the the most um, so what are some common things that people come to you with? Do you see patterns? Like do you see people with with um that have similar issues or is it all over the place? Well, typically it's all over the place, but there are some very common ones that we get. For men, the most common is that they're afraid to approach women. Approach anxiety is really real. Uh, a lot mm-hmm. of times us women think, oh, the guys have it easy. You know, we show up and we're waiting on the sidelines for a guy to approach us. It's like being in high school or grade school when at a dance you stand in, uh, by the wall waiting for one of the guys to come and ask you to dance. And you're like, why won't they do it? And it doesn't change even as adults. Uh, the guys are still not approaching the women. And women are like, what's going on here? Is there something wrong with me? No. There's a thing called approach anxiety. Guys are really afraid of being rejected because you know, as much as we think he has the power of choosing us, we have the power of declining him, which is very sensitive because nobody wants to be rejected. And so the guys, you know, when they're picking a girl, they're like, uh, is she going to turn me down? Is she going to embarrass me? Uh, and, you know, TV and movies doesn't help. You know, they always portray women making it a joke that, you know, how dare he approach me? And, you know, a bunch of women giggle. Well, 
in his head, that's what he's envisioning. So a lot of times we get guys who are afraid to approach women, and he goes dateless. And in women, we find two things going on. They're already in a relationship, but can't get the guy they're with to commit to them, or they can't get a guy to actually approach him and ask him out. And that could be one of a number of things. Either she's not making herself available to be approached. In other words, she goes to work, goes straight home, maybe go get some groceries, and that's it. But she's never in a place where she can meet somebody. Or uh, she's not approachable because she doesn't look friendly. You know, she looks mad when she's in public, and she's busy burying her face in a book if she is in public or on her iPad or her, her phone. And so he's looking at her. She's too busy. She's not going to give me the time or day. So we see a lot of that very common. Very common. Very common. That's um, actually one of the reasons why I I created fantasy dating because my girlfriends kept complaining, you know, uh, we're never going to meet anyone and there are no good guys in L.A. And I was like, are you kidding me? There's nine million people here. If you put away your phones <laughs> and right? make some eye contact. Yeah, make some eye contact, take a look around, uh, smile and say hi to people, just drop a simple hint, then, you know, you might actually get somewhere. And, and that's, those are my usual suggestions. Um, what, do you usually, uh, su- what do you usually suggest that people do when they, when, when, they, when they feel that way? Well, I mean, when they feel like they can't be approached or that they can't approach women. Um, well, if a guy is, both. I, go ahead. <laughs> if a guy's afraid of Sorry. approaching women, uh, and I'll, I'll approach that one. I'll let Scott tell the other one because uh, it's Great. amazing how many guys love to hear that from me. They want to hear from a woman how we feel about being approached because a lot of times we have our clients come into town, and when I tell them, you know, they ask me, how do women feel when we approach you guys? I mean, are you upset, you know, especially if you're married or you're already in a relationship? You know, are we bothering you? I'm like, are you kidding me? When a guy actually is interested in me and shows interest and is talking to me and, you know, asks me out before he finds out I'm married, I'm flattered. He's made my day. Uh, for once, I'm a, you know, I feel like I'm attractive. I haven't lost the it factor when that happens. He's made my day. And when I explain this to the guy, he's like, really? You know, I made you smile just be, even though you weren't available, even though you can't continue to see me or you can't see me for that matter. Yes, you made my day. Most women are flattered when they're approached by the men. Now, uh, as far as women, you know, what they can do to get men to approach them, you know, spot, spot, Scott. Whichever. <laughs> Whatever, if the shoe fits. Right. <laughs> There's a lot of things women can do to help increase her abilities to be approached by men. Now, you know, I think a lot of men have been negatively influenced by the very vocal protests of a small minority of angry women. For example, Mm. there was a a smattering of videos that, you know, if you even talk to me on the street, that's the gateway drug to rape, you know, and millions of men were clicking like on this because I guess we felt like we had to, or we were rapey, you know, I mean, what if we disagree? How dare we disagree? You know, meanwhile, you know, anybody who has a brain in their head was like, you know, I'm not raping you if I say hello to you. No matter who you are, I mean, we're not allowed to like ever interact anymore. There's a, a a town in England where it is a felony to commit unwanted interaction with a woman if you're a man. I mean, who decides? Yikes. 
I mean that, and of course the you know the the police chief there basically decided this was going to happen, and she's not a legislator, you know, but she's giving out tickets and putting people in jail for this. The other part, oh my of God. it of course, the other part of it of course is men are are subject to uh, sensitivity training and subject to. Um, sexual harassment seminars in the workplace. And I think most women understand that a few bad apples made this whole day possible, you know, but, or, or, you know, made this necessary, but men are thinking, my God, they're talking to me. I can't ever talk to another woman again, or I get fired. And I don't think women understand that it's the good guys who take this to heart and never talk to them again. And it's the bad ones mm. who will continue doing what they're not supposed to do, which leads us to today's society you know, women are asking, where are all the good men? Where are the men today? We've lost our men. Well, they're silent. They're staying away because they don't want to bother the women. I mean, it used to be men were afraid of rejection. If they were talking to a woman, oh, my, she might not like me. She may not go on a date with me, and I'm going to feel like a loser. Now it's, my gosh, I might get arrested because if she decides she didn't want to talk to me, then I'm, you know, not only are they going to punish me, but I'm going to feel like a bad person. I don't want to feel like a rapist. I'm not a rapist. I mean, it got to the point where we saw a video a couple of weeks ago where the guy made the assumption that all men have a monster inside. And, you, and if you're a good man, you will suppress this monster that wants to rape and pillage women and willfully do the right thing instead. And everybody was like, oh, That's my gosh, crazy. what a great message. And, you know, thousands of likes. And the, but the undercurrent was like, what? Wake up. I'm not a monster. And I resent some guy telling me I am. You know, I mean, Qantas Airways, won't, won't, Qantas Airways won't let a man sit next to an unaccompanied minor on any of their flights. Well, because we're what? all rapists. And see, after example, after example, after example of this, the good men are the ones who think, my gosh, I am a monster and I, I've got to keep it in the holster. I can't even so much as show any sexual interest in a woman because that makes me a horrible person. All it does is make you heterosexual and have nerve endings. That's all it makes you. And women, meanwhile, are going, you know, I'm really horny, and I'd really love to find a great husband who really rocks my world in the bedroom, but they're just not anywhere. Where do you think they all went? Maybe I'm unattractive and guys don't like me. It's a, it's a fun, fundamental political misunderstanding there of what's really going on in today's, you know, hypersensitive culture. Wow. And, I mean, I guess I have, I guess I have to underscore this by saying, look, I don't think men should be abusing women. I don't think – I think real rape is a real problem. But when someone says, you know, every time a man says hello to me, he's raping me, you know, I'm thinking everyone out there who has been legitimately victimized sexually has got to take that personally and get really upset because, no, that's not rape. Rape is rape. Sure. And yeah. yet it's become so prevalent in today's culture to ride that bandwagon and – the collateral damage to healthy relationships being started in this day and age is what's at stake here. So true. So, so, and, and yes, I mean, that sounds, well, I mean, it does sound extreme, um, but, uh, and, and also, you know, insane, the idea that ever there's a monster inside every man and he's suppressing it. I mean, that's craziness. So, but, if you have a client who comes to you and actually, I mean, has some sort of um, subconscious thoughts about that or, 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 or feels that way in some, uh, or is worried about that in some, some way, shape, or form, 
then how how do you coach him to to um to approach and know that it's okay to approach uh i mean what do you say to that guy who feels that way first thing we do is we help them realize that those people are the minority they really are they're a very loud little group but they are definitely out there and very loud and they're not the minority most of us women love our men we want you said they're not the minority oh sorry the the people out there who are you know preaching this awful stuff there are they are a small group and they're very vocal right but the rest of us women we love our men and we want Absolutely. to find a great man in our lives to be with so we help men understand that this is normal women want guys and the guys want their women and so that's the first step we do and the next thing we do is we help them find through experiences one after another after another with practice and with every time you have a good a good response it makes you feel like, okay, that went well. Let's try this again. It's like when you go roller skating yeah. for the first time. We've all, you know, tried it for the first time, and we fall, and we fall. And every time we stay up on our feet longer, we go, I could do this. Until one day, we're not even thinking about it. We're just rolling on our feet without second thought. So we help the guys through practice get some good interactions with women and realize every time we've approached women, nothing bad has happened. It's because women love to talk to guys. You know, I, I've always Absolutely. told guys, look, you're not, cre- you're not creepy, weird, or pushy simply because you're male. You're right. only creepy, weird, or pushy if you're creepy, weird, or pushy. You know, if you're not <laughs> any of those things, then you don't have to worry about it. And what happens is Emily kind of touched on this, but we have guys who come visit us here in San Antonio for three days. It's not inexpensive, but it changes their lives. And I've been doing these weekends with guys, and it's more than I can count now that I've done this, for 11 years. You know, Suzanne, I've never had one woman ever be mean to us or treat us poorly. Ever. Great. Not once. And we'll talk to 100 women or more every time one of these guys comes here. The reason for that is because we're simply being friendly. We're giving women space. We're not coming with a sexual agenda, and we're enjoying the fact that she's female. Now, I bring out the playful in women. I get them to laugh. I am funny and charming, and it works. Mm-hmm. They just love the attention. They love, and, and it's, it makes them feel female. And these guys are like, wow, you know, if you weren't married, you could have gotten her number. I said, well, I know that. I live my life like this every day. But I'm just being who I am. I actually like women. Now, see, if you don't like the gender you're attracted to, you're going to have a hard time getting them to like you back. I mean, that's standard law of reciprocity from a social sure. perspective. But, yeah, every guy we've ever had here, you know, I do some demos first and show them, you know, the reality that some guys get very sullen when they see how easy it is for me because they look at me and they go, well, you're just a normal guy. You know, you're either paying all these women to be nice to you, or it really is as easy as you're making it out to be. But, you know, once they start jumping into the swimming pool with me and talking to these women, they find, yeah, you know, (laughs) it really works. Women aren't to be feared. Women are actually very sweet and kind and and human, just like me, as long as I lead with deserving what I want. Yes. I love it. I love it. And and I absolutely agree with what Emily said earlier. When someone approaches me or says hi and smiles or compliments me or whatever reason he's approaching, I, it always makes me feel great. So I'm I'm absolutely with you on that. And I think that 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 uh, 
that the whole, the, the whole idea is really to just be open. I mean, for both genders to be open. Um, and I love that you make it less intimidating and more fun because it should be fun. Flirting should be fun. Like when in the world did dating start to suck? <laughs> I know they call it work nowadays. I'm like, it should be. I know when I first got a match, I said it was like being a kid in a candy store. I don't know about you, but the last time I was in a candy store, it was fun. Always <laughs> watch that. Talk for yeah. yourself. <laughs> well, dating can be fattening, actually. I totally agree. I mean, what's not fun about dating and what's not fun flirting and, you know, going out and seeing bands or going to a new restaurant or whatever you're doing on your dates? I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. I think it's a lot to do with mindset. So, and I'm sure you you experienced the same thing that that uh, it probably has a lot to do with the person's mindset when they get to you, and then showing them, I guess, reach, or having them change the story they tell themselves. I remember one time in college, I I took a really attractive, cute little gal who seemed very perky and cute. She was 20 years old. I took her out for pizza, and we just met each other, and I just was enjoying her company, and I just like to watch her lips move when she talked and I was enjoying myself and being a perfect gentleman. And I don't know if you remember, I, I mean, you know, I'm probably dating myself here in another way. Um, those <laughs> old Saturday night live rants with John Belushi, where he would start off really calmly talking about something on weekend update. And he'd start to get a little bit more worked up about it till he was just good and revved up. And he would just finally go, but no, they got to do this thing. And, you know, he would kind of choke and fall out of his chair because he got, you know, just simmered over time. I sat there across <laughs> the table over a slice of pepperoni pizza watching this poor little gal get more and more revved up over how mean and how nasty her ex-boyfriends had been and how much she can't stand boys anymore. And so finally wow. – she just said, you're probably just like the rest of them. And you know what? I don't have to sit here and eat your stupid pizza and listen to your stupid agenda. You know, I'm out of here. And she's got up and she left. And I'm like, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't say a single. I was smiling and nodding the whole time she was talking. I just kind of like finished my pizza and said, you know, check, please. And she never called me again. Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> what did I just, what just happened here, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think a lot of people have really been damaged. And what we always say when someone has let a, a, a someone who wasn't so nice of either gender really negatively affect how they look at a whole other gender, it's like giving that – it's like giving the person or, or the select few people who hurt you, it's like giving them superpowers over you that they don't deserve, you know. And that, that's freed so many people up to hear that. I, I, what I always tell people was like, you know, like a guy had like a – a woman who took him for everything and was mean to him. I said, well, what if it would have been, say, your dad or your uncle? Would you hate all men? Because after all, you're a man. It's like, well, you know, that's really a good point. (laughs) We have to find something to blame, and it's the fact that they're women. That's what makes them different than us, so therefore it's all their fault. Or, you know, these men, it's all men, it's their fault. And it doesn't help that there are certain dating coaches out there who – prey on that low-hanging fruit and actually speak on the negativity of their own gender to the opposite gender in coaching them. Like, you know, I'm a man, ladies, and I know all men are jerks, and I agree with you. And then he sells a bunch of books. You know, God, that makes my blood boil. It makes my skin crawl. Because it doesn't contribute to a no. healthy relationship for a man no. who love and adore women 
to be with a woman who loves and adore men. Right. And I think, you know, all of us need to need to be that person who the other person is going to be attracted to. We work on that a little bit. And I know sometimes, you know, this may sound so Pollyanna-ish to some people who are listening. But, you know, you've got to look in the mirror. If you're seeing a pattern of being mistreated or things not going well or people ghosting you, and it's the same pattern over and over again, you know what? You have to look in the mirror and say, what am I doing to affect this? What, what's, what's, what is it about me that's, that's causing this uniform reaction in fellow human beings all over again? And, you know, if it's just one person who goes nuts on you or says something really crazy and, you, you, know, you, know, you know, you're the worst person because of this and it's the first time in, in ever you've ever heard it, you, know, you can let that kind of roll off your back. It's the patterns you're looking for and you work on that. Otherwise, don't give people superpowers. Absolutely agree. I, I, we definitely have to study ourselves and and uh, and patterns patterns repeating. Yes, yes, yes. Changing them. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, so on your site, you have like five million different courses. I mean, I was so impressed with how many how many different um, topics you cover and and areas that you you dive into. Um, can you talk a little bit about all the different um, uh, courses and tools that you you offer? Because I just I think it's amazing that you have so many. Well, it depends on you know we got a lot of them because there are different things to address. You know, some of them have to do you know being you know the best the best version of the great man that you can be, and that's you know uh, you know Scott has several of those programs. But for women, I have the click with him. And originally the thought came about when we were talking about online dating and a lot of people were asking about that. But that program goes a lot further than that because we talk a lot about how to handle the date. You know, it's not just getting on uh, online and meeting somebody. You know, it talks about how you're supposed to go about meeting them, how the, how the first date's supposed to feel like and go along, things of that nature. And, and a lot of people mm. even ask us, uh, so what do you do for a living? We're dating and relationship coaches. Oh, great. Can you match me up with somebody? Well, that's not what we do. I can match you up with a great and terrific person, but, you know, if there's a pattern going on that's causing people not to want to continue dating you, that's what we have to look at first. So, like, the Click With Him talks about, you know, how to, how to go about dating somebody in such a way that causes them to be attracted to you. Oh, fantastic. I'm taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> and it also helps women find the guy of their dreams because I, you know, I got online and wanted to find Scott as quickly as I could find him. Yeah. And I think on the guy's side, Emily pretty much summed it up by saying, you know, you, there's so much to dive into when it comes to having the best relationships you can with women that it would be foolish to try to, you know, do a Cliff Notes version of all that and pack it into one program. And indeed, some guys are struggling with certain sticking points that other guys don't have any need for anything on. So we have programs on how to be charming to women, how to actually approach and meet women and start conversations with them, um, how to really rock her world in the bedroom. Uh, there's one on online dating. There's one on how to really maximize your max masculinity as women define it, which really turns women on, being a great man. There's a program on how to be in a long-term relationship. And Emily and I are actually hard at work on a new program that's going to be how to live that relationship successfully as a couple. 
Um, and so really there are so many different nuances to this. And, you know, I have a bundle of all of them together if you really are a glutton for punishment, you know, but most of the guys buy the program that meets their needs. And uh, I guarantee it. And I give away very few refunds because I always over deliver and guys are really thrilled that it's fluff free and there's a lot in there. And of course we also do one-on-one coaching, which is I think where we're at our best and we're among the best in the world at what we do. But so we're not inexpensive, but we are the best and we operate on a global scale and we've never had anyone ever not get results from us. Now we talk to everybody first to make sure it's a good fit. Some people need a different kind of professional than we do. And that's fine. Some people aren't necessarily in alignment with our values and what we teach people to do. And that those people usually sort themselves out before they ever call us, you know, which is fine. You can't be all things to all people. But on our website, there's a big red button that will allow you to talk to us for 25 minutes and allow us to sort all that out together and see if it's something good for you. Or if I can, uh, you know, direct you to one of my programs that would be just fine for you and get you the results you need, that would be good too. So we are very flexible. And like you said, there are a lot of different ways to help people solve what they want solved and to get on, get on with the business of having a great man or a great woman in their life. I love it. And I love that. I love that your focus is really going in and finding out what, what each person's um, particular wants and needs are and that you actually then are able to, to personalize to their, to their needs. I mean, I think it's super important. And also the, the idea of the follow through um, even how Emily mentioned that it's not just about going on online and finding a date, but what to do on the date and how to make it an enjoyable date. And then you were just also talking about the program that you're working on where it's not just how to find the relationship you want, but then how to, um, how to make it last and all of that. Um, it's kind of amazing because then that way people can, people can, you know, consult you for one thing and then come back for another. Okay, I'm in the relationship, but now it's like, okay, now how do we make it work and stay in it and make it healthy and powerful and and happy? Um, it's fantastic. Well, it's like with anything yeah. else worthwhile in this life. The more you, once you get a taste of improving and getting better at it, you want to get even better and you want to improve even more. And I would dare say, even though Emily and I, came into this relationship together with the lights on and knowing how to be a good partner for each other. Being immersed in this just makes us better every day. Keeps us on our toes. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I can always say, well, you know, you did say that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. This is, this is page 67 of that book where you said this. Remember? We don't don't do that. We don't leverage each other. I'm just kidding. So anyway, it isn't like Scott was saying, it comes with practice, you know, couples or when you first meet you you get the tools that you need to do the best you can do with and then as a couple in a relationship you got to nurture it and care for it like you would a plant or an animal or you know people spend thousands of dollars a plant on- especially you gotta <laughs> nurture me like a plant you gotta water me and give me sunlight isn't he adorable so anyway <laughs> it, we spend thousands of dollars to better our education you know to get the to be the best at whatever we like to do in hobbies. For example, a golfer will go and get a professional coach to make his golf swing much better. You know, the same thing with, you know, relationships. we got to give it some love and care. Except people will spend four years, money and four-year college degree. $100,000. Yeah, they'll spend time and money hitting bucket after bucket of golf balls. When it comes to, like, meeting women and going on a relationship, you know, playing for a relationship, they wing it. You know, it's amazing how – 
This is like one of the most important parts of life, and people do the li- the least amount to prepare for. Although I think over the past several years, you know, as dating coaching really has come into its own, people are starting to see the value of it. They really are. Yes, I agree. I do think that people are taking it a bit more seriously, but it is amazing to me uh, how I'll see people around me who are in relationships and they're unhappy and he keeps doing this and I really should leave. And, you know, I mean, all these, the same story over and over. And it's just incredible how long people will sit in, in, um, sit in the muck, you know, <laughs> like, um, and, and, and yeah, and, and, and how resistant they will be to change. Uh, and, and then there are other people who are completely proactive, obviously, like your clients and people like, you know, I mentioned earlier that I've been on my own journey um, over the last uh, couple years. And, um, and, and once you start, it's like, ooh, what else can I learn? Ooh, what else can I try? You know, um, it, it, becomes, it becomes really empowering. Um, so uh, here's a strange question, or maybe not so strange, but so Good. We, we you love guys strange are questions. The stranger the better. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the permission. Um, so since you guys are always working with other people, uh, um, what what have you learned? Have you learned things that kind of took you by surprise from working with your clients? Well, I mean, I don't know if I'm surprised. I, I have had more confirmed than than experienced surprises. First of all, my guys, what I tell them when they call me and they're interested in, you know, the type of people I coach, I always say the same thing. If I were to hold a cocktail party and invite everybody there who I've ever worked with, you would be thrilled with the company you're keeping. I mean, some of them would, you would find those people really interesting. A couple of them you'd want their autograph, frankly. I mean, I have a, a wonderfully sharp group of people I've coached. And sometimes people are wondering, well, you know, what does it say about me if I'm actually looking for help with this? Well, it says the same thing about a top-level guy in any sport who hires a coach to become even better. I mean, Michael Jordan had a coach, you know. Every so great player needs that's a the coach. First, right, exactly. Um, yep. Frankly, the people who are really, really desperate and who are at the baseline – uh, the books and the and the basic things will take care of them, you know. When it comes down to one-on-one working with me personally, the guys who actually come to me are the guys who have outgrown that. You know, they're not, you know, they're not getting the meat and potatoes they need to be as good as they possibly can be from anything that's that's for the masses. The other thing is I, I've had my faith restored in the power of masculinity and femininity. It's not just a cultural meme. There really are the building blocks of sexual attraction. Men love women. Mm-hmm. Women love men. And all of this political posturing to the other effect is all just online hearsay. And it's really unfortunate that those are vocal opinions. But then again, I think some people are kind of looking for what they are afraid to hear, you know, and they overlook the rest of it. Like, um, mm. you know, I get some of these guys who are men going their own way, and they're, they're convinced that every woman is anti-guy. I don't ever hear any women, you know, standing up for men. I'm, I mean, I could point them to, you know, the replay of this show, but he'll never listen to it. He won't want to listen to it because he wants to believe what he's going to believe. I, I am very disheartened by that. But ultimately, after rep after rep of going out and actually meeting people and having 
men interact with women, I, my faith has been restored that we really do want to be together. We really want to do right by each other, men and women. Aww. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and we do. And, and I love how Scott, he's, he's so passionate about wanting to reach out to the men and to the women and just make their lives better. Nothing's more heartbreaking when we hear a customer come to us, a client, who, who has spent so many years. Life is just way too short to just throw it away. They've spent so many years either not doing something about it or doing all the wrong things in the process and ending up with life not being the way they want it. And they're looking back going, I wish I'd done it different. I want life to change. And it's really hard to hear people in so much pain. And, uh, and we do, we're very passionate and Scott especially loves to go, reach out and he just wants to turn them around and get them out there and just be jumping up and down for joy. With a woman. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I, that's fantastic. Um, and, and okay. So let's, let's assume that there, there are people like that listening, um, who are afraid, who are afraid to call, who are afraid to pick, pick press the big red button on your website. Um, you know, and what do you tell them to motivate them to actually take that step? I mean, when someone's so used to sitting in pain and, you know, and pain is the norm, how do you, um, you know, motivate them to take a chance? Well, I'm so glad you asked that question, Suzanne, because I know exactly what I tell them. I have guys who will call me up, you know, first person, they'll call me up and go, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sick of the status quo. I want to do better in my dating life. It's time for me to meet the right woman, meet the right man. And, you know, I'll tell them about my coaching program, and they'll say, okay, well, thanks. I have to think about it. I said, wait a minute. You called me up saying that you're with them. I know exactly what's going on there. It's similar to when you go skydiving. Man, you know, this has been on your bucket list for years, and the adrenaline rush is going to be like, OMG, so amazing. So you go through the classes and you take the skydiving instruction. But, you know, there's just no telling what's going to happen when you get up there in that plane and the door flings open. And you look out and go, oh, oh wow. Uh, you mean I, like, now's the time to jump. They're like, yeah, jump, jump, jump. And it's like, no, no, no. Because inside you want to jump. You want to feel the adrenaline rush. You want to say you did this, that you conquered it. But you wimp out because it's easier to sit on the plane and land with the plane. And meanwhile, your friends jump out of the plane, and they're all high fives and hand pounds when they land, and you're sitting there with your arms crossed going, all right, I didn't do it. Well, see, what was the fear? The fear was as much as I want to do this, good grief, I could splat. I could jump out of this airplane and become a skid mark. Uh. And I don't know. It, it isn't worth it because what if I – everything I've gone through, all the training today, what if it culminates in me being worse off than I start, when I started? And I think people feel like when they're hitting that big red button and they're talking to us and it's time to say, okay, look, I'm going to hire Scott and Emily as my coach. It represents the day everything starts changing for the better. This is the line in the sand that gets drawn. This is the day, you know, you've heard me say, I get results for everybody I have ever coached. There's no one who has ever hired us to work one-on-one with them who's ever been sorry. In fact, they go, man, I wish I would have done this years ago. A splatless record. A splatless record we have. <laughs> now, some people get more out of it than others because they put more into it than others. Some people start from a mm-hmm. different level than other people, and therefore they see results 
sooner or later than others. But everybody gets more than what they bargained for for the results. Because, you see, I'm kind of like that skydive instructor. I've jumped out of this plane 1,500 times now. Something tells me the 1,501st one's going to happen. It's going to be fine. I've seen the light at the end of the tunnel. I've walked through it. So for me, I'm sure that when you jump out of this plane, you're going to see results. But I also understand the feeling of, you know, what if I invest the time and the resources with Scott and with Emily, and I do all these calls and spend the money, and I, I do this thing, and five, six months from now, I'm no better. I'm going to feel like an even bigger loser than I feel like right now. But see, mm. we know. We know you will see results. We know it's going to work. Another thing I told a guy the other day was, you know, I was stubborn. After my, Emily and I both went through a rough divorce, which was both based on mental illness. Remember when we were talking about manipulation and we were talking about being generous and optimistic? Well, we were both the yeah. generous, optimistic person who got taken for a ride. Nowadays, we found each other and things are different. But, you yeah. know, after that, I was stubborn. I mean, I, I had a lot going against me. I had, my mindset was in shambles. But I was still too stubborn, like most men are admittedly, to go ask someone for help. So I did it the hard way. I, I knitted this together over the course of three years and did a lot of heavy lifting. Now, in my own defense, <laughs> there weren't dating coaches. There wasn't really anybody for me to talk to that long ago. It wasn't really, you know, something that was done. But I say to guys all the time, man, I wish I would have had me back then when I needed me, you know, the, this mm. today's version. And what I tell guys is, you know, nowadays, as stubborn as I was to not even go to a library and get a book on how to do better at this and say, now I'll do it myself. Now that I have Emily in my life and the wonderful life we share and the wonderful relationship we share and the two beautiful children we've had together and our adventures, I would give everything. I'd give my house. I'd give my car. I would give this career everything to keep her in my life. She's number one, you know. She, she's she's more important than anything else. And how much is that worth in retrospect? How dare yeah. me be so stubborn? Because now that I have the twenty twenty hindsight, it's like, well, I'm sure glad I did what it took to attract her into my life because look how life is now. And see, because I'm a coach, I have the benefit of being able to see that journey from beginning mm -hmm. to end, even on behalf of the guys I coach. And that's what I tell them when they call me. It's so that's so beautiful. Uh, what you said was just so beautiful. It's it's interesting because last week, um, two I spoke with two separate friends on two separate days, who were both telling me the same story that they've told me before about what's wrong and how they can't take it anymore. And you know, and the, my same answer every time: you need to get a coach. You need to talk to somebody. You need to. I know. I know. And both of them said, and they don't even know each other, both of them said, I'm just afraid of what they might tell me. I'm just afraid of what I might find out about myself. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> it's so, it's well, so sad. And, oh, go ahead. No, I was just, I, there's a little bit of a, of a delay here, so I apologize for that. Um you know, fortunately for everybody I've ever worked with, I'm the biggest dork ever. I'm a total goofball. And, I mean, I failed so miserably when I was younger and made every mistake in the book. And it's funny because when you, when you meet me, so I'm told, you can see that. 
you can say, you know, this guy probably had to work to get to the point where he is. That he wasn't born with a silver social spoon in his mouth. But then you see the benefit of, of what I've done to work on myself. You see that firsthand, and it's very empowering. But see, because I, I failed so miserably and was so stubborn about it earlier in my, earlier in my, my life, Man, I have such wonderful respect for everybody who comes. I, I think it's amazing. I'm amazed by every guy who comes to me because I'm not sure I would have. So far be it for me to judge them. And second mm. of all, you know, a lot of these guys have a lot more going for them than I do, and I just have to help them see that. And then they, you know, one guy, once I coached him, you know, son of a gun, got on Match.com, wrote 50 women, and all 50 of them wrote him back. And I can't even match that. <laughs> like, you know, sucker. You know, you're not supposed to completely upstage me like that, you know, but he's certain, you know, of course he can. And I'm glad he did. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It. I'm, I'm so thrilled for him. But, you know, people come to me and, and you know, I, it's not like we sit up here on our high horse and you're not allowed to get to know us. You know, that's, that's something different. Coaches encourage, coaches are vulnerable first. When a guy says, you know, I have something really embarrassing to, to tell you. You know, and he says something like, well, I find women's feet sexy. I'll go, well, you know what, God, I think Emily's feet are just – Emily had to have cute feet or I would have, you know, not been able to date her. I just think Emily's feet are the cutest, most adorable part of her body. I'm completely with you a thousand percent. <laughs> He's like, you mean I'm not weird? I go, no, no, no. Of course not. Like, if you're weird, I'm weird together, but you're about the 175th guy I've ever talked to who said that to me thinking he was the only weird one. So, I mean, you know, I mean, all the benefit of that really helps put people at ease. And, you know, Suzanne, that's why we talk to people for free first. You know, it'll either be a good thing for you or it won't. But people are usually very surprised and genuinely invigorated by how down to earth we are. I mean, Emily is just precious, adorable, and beautiful. Oh, and you wonder why I like him. <laughs> but she's so down to earth. I mean, no, you can't not like Emily. Even, you know, you can't hate her because she's beautiful. Because, you know, she's kind of cute and dorky like me, you know, and it's a very endearing thing. And women find themselves drawn to that, too. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I love you both. I haven't even met you uh, face-to-face, and and I'm already like, you're amazing. So (laughs) He's so sweet. Thank you. Wait till you drink with us and do some karaoke. Then you will be on fire. (laughs) Oh, you didn't tell me you sing karaoke. I love karaoke. (laughs) Oh, yes. We even had it at the wedding. Yep. Our standby (laughs) is doing... Paradise by the Dashboard Light by Meatloaf together. To do <laughs> we said whatever woman sings that with you is going to be your wife. Yep, and you are. <laughs> I didn't know when I sang that song that that's what that it was going to end up being. It was a little tough. <laughs> I passed. I got to know Perfect. right now. Anyway, Perfect. you know, I want to say real quick, you know, you said your friends were saying they were afraid what would be said to them. What you know? What you know? What are they going to tell me? It's fearful. We go first. I've heard I've heard people tell me this before. You know, it's funny. But then I say, well, what's your worst fear? You know, we're all going to eventually come to an end, and then we have to look back. Have we done everything we wanted to do? Have we fulfilled everything? What's your biggest fear that you have not accomplished? Meeting the man in my dreams, or meeting the woman in my dreams. We never say, well, I wish I'd worked harder and done more at work. You know, it's usually has something to do with our relationship with our friends, with our families, with the love of our life, the love of our life. Mm-hmm. And once you realize you're afraid of not having that, 
more than you are about finding out what needs to be done to accomplish that. That helps alleviate some of that fear. I had a man come to me in his late 70s, and he said, I was, I've always been afraid to ask women out. I never got over it. And I've lived my life, and I never got married. I never had children. I don't have a legacy. I don't have anybody with me now that I've grown older. And I can't help but think to myself, what was I afraid of? What could have hurt? What, what, wow. what could have been worse you know, than, than getting my whole life, living my whole life and not having that benefit of, of, of having a woman? You know, was rejection, a potential rejection from asking a woman out worse than what ended up transpiring? And, of course, he wanted to pick it up from there, and, and I helped him. And I was happy to, but it was such a poignant story to me. You know, because guys come to me and they're 38 and they're saying, oh, man, I'm 38 years old and I've still never been in a relationship before. I said, well, you know, you've got a lot ahead of you. You need to let that be water under the bridge. I didn't meet Emily until I was 39. And, you know, I always remind people of that. You know, you've got to start today and you've got to get along with it because life is short, but life's also long. And who you're spending that life with matters as much as anything else in this life. Kind of like that paradise by the dashboard light where you can't wait for it to end. It just yeah, well, ends. that's why that song's so <laughs> ironic that we sing. It's like you know you sing this song about you know uh, uh, being a bitch. Oh yeah. Yes, you know, and then you sing the song about I, I carved my name into the side of his pretty little souped-up four-wheel drive. Right. It's just so not who you are. That's why I love when you sing this song because it's so ironic. You know? <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I think you guys should record the karaoke, do video, and upload it to the site. <laughs> <laughs> or Someday. Not. Yeah, right. <laughs> if I get brave enough. Or not. Should. We tried to do it last time, but, you know, it, it didn't happen. Everybody had, had a few by then, and oops, I hit the wrong button. You know. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Will you please um, give everyone details about how they can uh, get in touch with you and follow you and all of those things? Well, basically, we're at Scott McKay everywhere. I mean, uh, Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube. Got a YouTube channel going. I had a really good YouTube I put up today about being the most picked on kid in seventh grade. It's a really classic one. And okay. you can go to deservewhatyouwant.com if you're a guy. And if you're a woman, put front slash ladies, plural, L-A-D-I-E-S, in front of that, and you'll get one just for women if you so choose. We got the podcast that you already mentioned. By the time this, this, um, some of these guys listen to the replay, we'll have renamed that website. But if you do – I'm sorry, we'll have renamed that podcast because we're going to go after a, a, a a different demographic. We're going to go after men in general, not just the single guys. Because we're talking to things that the subjects that guys can really relate to regardless of who they are. So if but if you go into iTunes and you look up the Chick Whisperer, you'll still find the show because I'm not, you know, going to completely I'm gonna say formally known as the Chick Whisperer. But it's a great show. We're getting amazing guests on there. Um and you got y'all will really enjoy that. And of course that's free. And the newsletter, sign up for my newsletter because I'm a pretty good writer and I give actionable advice every day. And Emily has one too for the ladies and a lot of guys read hers and a lot of women, women read mine because they're both friendly to both genders. Yeah. We always, we always tell them to join up for both of them. Awesome. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, I think you guys are amazing and I'm so glad 
you came on the show and uh, spoke with me tonight. I really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, thanks so much. Well, it's our pleasure. Time flew. We love talking about this. Yeah, it was, it was enjoyable, and we're very honored to be on your show. Thank you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. And um, keep doing what you're doing. It's very exciting. <laughs> Well, we think so too. <laughs> we're doing great. Right, work. great. You're doing great work, and we're doing great work, and we we love everybody to have really the best in life. Yes, that's that's what we yes. get excited about every morning to wake up and do. Yes, I agree. I agree. Absolutely, it's the ultimate goal. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. Have a great night. Thanks. You too. You too. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> Well, how awesome are they? I urge, I urge all of you to go check out DeserveWhatYouWant.com and click the red button because obviously these are not scary people. You should talk with them <laughs> and, uh, and, and enjoy them and consult with them because um, they're really, they really, really are, know what they're doing. They're good at what they're doing. So thanks so much for joining me. Next week, Ryan will be back. And we will be talking with a love biologist. Can't wait. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll, uh, we'll, well, you'll be hearing us then. Good night.